This show is part of the Pod Tyrant Network. For more podcasts, interviews, and content, visit PodTyrant.com. everyone and welcome to another episode of Bad Wolf Radio, a discussion and review podcast all about Doctor Who. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with the man who just announced that he is leaving after this season of Bad Wolf Radio, Adam Farmer. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I, I don't have any witty or any type of comeback to that. It's the thing to do right now. Everybody's announcing they're leaving. One person hasn't said that they are leaving. That's still a rumor, but everybody else and the Nardole? most recent person, and, uh, <laughs> Matt, yeah, Matt Lucas. Right. Matt, Matt Lucas has Lucas. not officially announced that he's leaving Doctor Who, <laughs> and neither neither has Bill. Neither has no. Pro Mac. Well, that's what she's... I think. It's kind of funny with the whole Michelle Gomez thing, where it's like Michelle Gomez announces she's leaving Doctor Who. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think we we didn't need that announcement. Right. You know, she's not even part of the main cast. And then and then you read what is kind of being said, and she said everybody's leaving. And then she mentions Peter and uh, Moffat. So I guess I everybody guess that matters, Peter, everybody right? for her. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody else. No one else really matters at this point. Uh, we have so much news to talk about. There's there are actually a lot of news items, and one of the news items to talk about, I guess, is Michelle Gomez is officially leaving Doctor Who, according to her. She is uh she's done with the show uh after Capaldi and Moffat leave. So I guess this version of the master, Missy, will be uh going with this version of the doctor. Yeah, and and how does that make you feel? I mean, deep down inside, what is your gut reaction to that? My gut reaction is I mean, her I'm fine with it. Her time on the show was fun, but I'm okay, you know, that they move on with that character and figure out a different a different way to present the master or or missy if they have another you know version that's female but i don't know if it's really the end of michelle gomez i mean who knows she may be saying that now but then next season comes around and they have a need for her and they give her a call and she comes back you know she doesn't know yeah she doesn't know if she's coming back or not. <laughs> nobody, nobody in Doctor Who. When Doctor Who, Who calls, <laughs> you come back. You pick up that phone. <laughs> she may need yeah. to work eventually. I, I mean, I, I read that. I, I look at it. I think about it, and you, and I'm like, yeah, cool, okay, let's move on. Like my experience with the Master is John Sim and David Tennant, and it's like, oh. The doctor's gone. The master's gone. Like to me, they go hand in hand. They don't necessarily cross over um, within my experience of new who and the master. So hearing that Capaldi's done and Missy's done, it's just like, okay, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense to me. Give me another master at some point down the road. And maybe we'll go a series without having the master show up. Um, not, not, not a huge surprise there. It, it is nice to have her officially confirm that though. Yeah, and the Master is one of those villains that, unlike the Cybermen or unlike 
the Daleks who tend to show up every season, the Master only comes around every once in a while. Right. The one thing surprising to me, and again, this is probably just slightly inflated due to the space and time that we had between series, she's been the Master since 2014. That seems extremely long to me for some reason. And she's made a number of appearances um, in the show. So I think, you know, if you want to keep that villain kind of more special, you probably want to use them sparingly. Yeah. So you have the big, you know, we know the return of John Sim and that version of the Master is coming. And Missy is going to be in at least Extremis, right? We haven't heard yeah, beyond right. that episode if she's going to be in more episodes or maybe she'll play a part in the Christmas special. I mean, there could be more appearances of her. But let's just say this next episode is kind of her, you know, her last episode with both versions of the master that we've had in recent memory showing up in the same season. That's kind of a big event for the show. So I think after that big event and they both kind of go their ways, however they go their ways, then we could use a bit of a break from that villain. So he can, or he or she can become that mysterious special villain that they can use maybe three seasons from now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with that, right? Um, similar to what you said, it, it makes the character special when we don't have them showing up constantly. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm cool with that. And like you said, we we get to see her in this next episode that's coming up, Extremis, um, which we talked about last podcast is when we're going to find out what's in the vault. Is is she going to be what's in the vault? I don't know. I don't think so. But we, I mean, we're going to be talking about um, the episode Oxygen. That's going to be the episode we review. And I think kind of the end of that episode, we get a little bit more, not necessarily information, but we just get a little bit more from Nardole as far as like the intensity of this person that they're trying to keep behind these doors. So we, we can talk about that a little bit more when we get to that cool sounds good so but speaking of the master and the 10th doctor we're getting a return of the master we're also getting a return of the 10th doctor but not maybe in the way we would want and to top it off we get rose as well but it's only an audio oh (laughs) i was like wait where are you going with this you're like what do you know that i don't know oh man i was starting to freak out there for a second no that was just a really reach of a transition Hey, it worked for me. I was I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so, yeah, tenth Doctor audio. We we got an announcement um, that Tennant and Piper are coming back to voice um, Rose and Ten for uh, some more audio dramas. Yeah, and and they have the trailers like they do for a lot of them available on SoundCloud. And listening to them, they're Every time I hear these audio dramas, they they suck me in. Um, I'm out the trailers. It's always like, oh, I really, really need to jump on them. Um, I haven't yet, but it sounds really good yet again. Yeah, I I probably won't listen to them if I'm being honest. Like I get, <laughs> I hear about these announcements and I get excited. I know we talked about this when uh, they announced uh, John Hurt doing some audio stuff. Yeah, and we got excited about that. We're like, oh, maybe you know, maybe we'll listen to it. Like, I feel like I always get excited about it, and then I have the best of intentions, 
to listen to it and then I just don't. It's something yeah. missing, you know, it's just not the same. It's it's not the show. Um it's almost like I don't think it can live up to the Tenth Doctor and Rose's adventures that I saw on TV. So it's like I don't want this other thing. Like if you're gonna give me these guys back, give it to me on TV. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I I totally understand. The one thing that I have to say, listening to these trailers, two things stuck out to me. One, David Tennant sounds extremely young in the trailers. I don't know how he does it, but he sounds like it. It is his first appearance as the Doctor. There, there. Some of the things that he's done recently, his voice sounds more gravelly. He sounds older. These, he sounds super young and billy piper didn't sound anything like billy piper to me i i honestly had to go back and check multiple times just to make sure it wasn't someone else doing a voice of rose really huh yeah it's 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 a really weird thing just in the way that she says some of her things and there's moments where it's like oh there she is but then there's other times as you listen to the trailer where it's like that doesn't really sound like her voice (laughs) maybe she forgot how to play rose (laughs) <laughs> i mean they, they, i mean how many years is it since she's been rose and not bad wolf right you can give her a pass when she's bad wolf because that was the 50th anniversary and she was a totally different character but i don't know it's been a while since rose either way they still sound really good to me um i'm still interested to pick them up but you know money is always one of those things yeah i mean i'm not opposed to listening to them maybe i will eventually in an off season, you know, if they give us another time where we have to wait a year and a half for the next season of Doctor Who or something like that. Um, but I think I would actually go back to the eighth Doctor audio first before I would jump into these, just because he, that that Doctor we didn't get enough from. So, like, I want to hear his other adventures, whereas with Tennant, I feel like he, you know, his his story was told on TV, and I don't necessarily need to jump backwards in time for him. Yeah. Yeah, you say that. You say that. I'm still interested in this we'll one. We'll see. Did we'll I see. tell you out at lunch today I got a Coke that said uh, share a Coke with Rose? <laughs> did Did you get a little nostalgic, did you? I did. Well, that was my first thought. I saw it and it said share a Coke with Rose. And I was like, oh, this isn't this Coke's not for me. This Coke is for 10. But yeah, so the 10th Doctor uh, Adventures... Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures Volume 2, which is what this is going to be called, is actually coming out in November of 2017. Um, And it's going to have three separate episodes. We're getting one um, called Attack of the Zaros, in which an alien invasion of Earth isn't quite what it appears to be. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very descriptive. Every episode of Doctor Who. Um, Yes. They're actually getting back uh, Camille... Kadori, who is Jackie Tyler, so Rose's mom. They got her yep. voice as well, so that's kind of cool. Um, the second one's going to be called Sword of the Chevalier, and this one is uh, the Doctor and Rose arrive in Slough. Is that how you say it? Slough? Uh, Slough? Slough, maybe. Yeah. In 1791, and encounter Chevalier de Ion, an en- enigmatic ex-spy who has, sit- has lived his life as a woman. Together they must fend off alien slavers who have come to Earth to abduct valuable humans. Huh. I gotta say, some of these some of these story descriptions well, not not the last one, I mean, right? Alien region of Earth isn't quite as That one's kinda like eh, but this one that yeah. one sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean they they give them good good descriptions. And then finally, in Cold Vengeance, 
the TARDIS arrives on Cold Star, a vast frozen food asteroid in deep space. But there is something sinister defrosting in the network of storage units. Who writes these things? <laughs> <laughs> the Doctor's old enemies, the Ice Warriors. Uh, Nicholas Briggs plays Ice Lord Hascor in Warrior Slain. We just really can't get away from them right now, can we? Yeah, I'm the Ice, Ice Warriors. Warriors. They're um, just they're the new hot hot item. <laughs> yeah, I, that doesn't even sound right. Um, they're the new cool villains. You see what I did there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, audio dramas. Yes, they're coming. If you're into such things, they're coming. And honestly, the the trailer solid. And Jackie Tyler, she has one of the uh, highlights towards the end. All right. What's the other big thing? So we have gotten more talk around who could be the next Doctor. Yeah, there's been some more talk about the next Doctor with two names specifically that have come up. Um, and we, we posted about it on our Facebook page. And honestly, like compared to some of the other names that have come up over the past month or so, either of these I would be okay with. Um, one more than the other, but yeah, they, they look pretty decent. Everyone been talking about Chris Marshall as being a shoe in to be the next doctor. And I, I to be honest, I kind of became resigned to that. But now we got these other names that have popped up, um, which I'm actually familiar with one of the faces more than I am the name. And the other guy I've never even heard of, but it's, um, let's see. It is Luke Treadway. And Sasha Dawan. So Luke Treadway, I've never heard of. I saw his face. I've, he doesn't look familiar to me. I don't know anything that he's been in. Is he anybody that's familiar to you? I I wouldn't have been able to tell him apart from Chris Marshall if you would have t- given me my his, his name. Um, there was some discussion going on in the Facebook group, uh, and supposedly he's in Penny Dreadful. Um, yeah, and and decent and penny dreadful. But outside of that, I'm not familiar with him at all. Okay, so he's very young. He's only 32, which to me is very young because it's younger than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So, I mean, compare. I guess I don't know how old Smith was when he took over or when he became the doctor. I think he was the youngest. So he look. I mean, if you're going for a younger doctor... You know, this guy looks young. Not only is he young, he's 32, but he looks, in my mind, he actually looks younger than 32, visually. Um, he looks something like Arthur Darvel. I was going to say, he, he actually looks like the love child of Matt Smith and Arthur Darvel. <laughs> like he's a mashup oh, of those man. two guys, which actually works for the Doctor. Like I, I've actually always thought that Arthur Darvel, not his Rory version of him, but like you see, if you see him in other roles... Yeah, um, Legends of Tomorrow. Right, like he actually could play the Doctor. He he kind of has that 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 look about him, and he can he could pull that off. Um, but this guy, kind of, you're right. He does he does actually look uh, a bit like Arthur Darvel. Uh, I could see it just if if just going purely off of visually, because I don't know anything about his acting skills. I haven't seen him in anything. I I would actually be okay with this guy just visually. He has the look. Yeah, and and one other thing which is kind of interesting, he he's in Penny Dreadful along with Billy Piper. Billy Piper was also in Penny Dreadful. So or is in Penny Dreadful. So who knows? Maybe there's some connection there. 
Yeah, these British actors, they've all been in everything together. <laughs> There's really no connection. Matt and Smith, they I think, were in Harry Potter. Matt Smith was in a show with Billy Piper. Billy Piper, I mean, uh, Arthur Darvill was in a different show with Tennant. Like, you know, they're all, they all act together. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't use that as any kind of basis. <laughs> um, yeah, so this guy, you know, whatever. But I actually like him uh, better than Chris Marshall as far as, like, the look of the Doctor. He's got the look. Um, the other guy, who is uh, Sasha Dawan, he, I actually recognize him because he was recently in an episode of Sherlock um, and played a pretty okay. big role in that. So he, as soon as I saw his face, I recognized him. Now I didn't know his name, but um, I believe he's Indian, maybe. Um, I could be wrong on that, but he's definitely not your standard British white doctor that we've had in the past. And I know a lot of people have been kind of, you know, hoping for a bit of a change that we get a, a different, you know, a different type of person for the doctor, or even, you know, maybe they cast a woman this time around. Uh, so this would be them going that direction, you know, kind of um, getting a little bit more representation. Yeah. And I, I just recently watched them in uh, Marvel's Iron Fist, which definitely mixed reviews on Iron Fist itself. But he plays a character in that, and he was a pretty cool character in that. Um, and I, I, I don't know. There's something that I would really love to see breaking out of what we have seen and just pushing the envelope a little bit more um, when it comes to who the Doctor is. And I think it would, I think it would just be fun to have him step into that character if that is. Um, if, if that should happen, I, I would be absolutely in love with it, but really either way with either of these two, um, if it comes to either one of them, I, I think I'd be okay with that. I'd, I'd let, I'd, I'd watch it play out. Yeah. And I was saying that Luke Treadwell, you know, visually like he has the look, this guy does too. Like Sasha has the look, he has that kind of, I don't know, something about him. He just, he, he, I could see him as the doctor. Um, I could see him yeah. commanding a room. I could see him do the things that the doctor has been known to do. Um, sometimes it is about the style of a character or the look of a character. And I think he could fit that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I'm, I would take it. I, you know, just if I'm going purely off of what little I know about him as an actor and the other guy, just visually like, you know, I'm, I'm leaning more towards these guys than Chris Marshall, Chris Marshall, for whatever reason, just does not fit for me. So I'm hoping that, you know, whoever, whatever has started the rumor mill about these two guys, I'm actually hoping there's um, something that it's being based on. Um, <laughs> I, I would love there to be just a little bit more verification uh, of this one way or the other. But yeah, it would be cool. It and be it's cool. probably worth noting that uh, Sasha Dawan actually has been in a Doctor Who thing. He actually... Um, was in an adventure in space and time, which was the uh, the Mark Gatiss uh, TV movie about the first Doctor, or at least the uh, the um, production of the doc- the show of Doctor Who. That so. that he was another connection. So there, but... that that's more of a connection than a- having acted with Billy uh, Billy Piper. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, more fun speculation. And then 
And then you had added something here to the notes, so I'm going to let you run with this one. A hint at the doctor's regeneration. Is there more yeah. information? Well, it's it's just one of those things that um, based on what happens in oxygen and based on a combination of trailers and uh, different things that people are picking up on and, and kind of running with, there has been a rumor out there that we might see the regeneration a heck of a lot sooner um, than what anyone might imagine. So it, it's, it's a really interesting thought, it, again, involving what just happened in Oxygen uh, that we'll get into that kind of plays into everything. But there's there's some interesting theories floating around there, and it might that the regeneration might be coming even within the next two or three episodes. Really? That that's the rumor. That's what's kind of floating out there right now. Wow, that would be that would be interesting. I I don't know how I'd feel about that. Only because you know we have a limited time left with Capaldi, and you know we can talk about it when we're doing our episode review. But I still feel like they just haven't given us a really solid episode yet this season, and we're already getting close to that halfway point of the season. So I'm like, come on, I really wanted, you know, we had talked about this before the season even started, that we really wanted this to be a solid season for him to go out on. And yeah. so far it hasn't been, you know, not that it's been bad, but it's just, it's been kind of middle of the road. And I was hoping for, you know, some really, really strong episodes to kind of finish his run off. But if they give us a regeneration in the next couple episodes, then that would be very disappointing. See, I've, there's... I've been seeing a lot of sentiments similar to what you just expressed, that this series has not been super strong, that it's been middle of the road and it's had the typical highs and the lows and the lows might not be as low as what some of the lows have been, but the highs aren't as high as what some of the highs have been. Um, I, I have a slightly different perspective on all of this than that. I don't know. I, I've, I wouldn't necessarily. I think Capaldi has been incredible um, over the past couple episodes, and yeah, the the stories might not support it, but Capaldi himself has been. But we've pretty talked about darn that incredible with Capaldi, that just in general with his run as the Doctor, it's kind of been the same story. You know, he has been great, but the writing hasn't been so what we wanted for this season was for those two things to finally come together so he could really shine. I think you can even admit the writing has been a little weak. And that's where, and that's, I, I, I had a little bit of a back and forth on Twitter about this as well. I'm trying to, in the moment, it's very easy for me to say that the writing has been weak. And then I try to think back through some of the most recent series and I'm trying to find writing that has been better than what we've just witnessed the past couple episodes. And I have a really hard time pulling anything where the writing was better than what we've just gone through. Hmm. Like, I, 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 I totally understand in the moment, like, being like, oh, this was really weak. But I try to think back through it. I, I can't think of anything that's stronger. There's been definitely moments that stick out to me like, oh, that, that was just fun. But it's not necessarily like, dang, that was good writing. Oh, man. See, I'm like, just right off the top of my head, I can think of like five episodes. Oh, come on. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, there's been, even last season with, with Capaldi's stuff, some of the stuff we got with him, 
I felt was like there were episodes where literally like when it was over, I was emotionally affected by how good it was. Did, okay, name name two right off the bat. I don't know if we have time for this, but okay, girl who two. died faced the raven. Okay, does that? Oh, darn you. Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. so again, I I think of that and I think okay, there's moments. That's just two but, episodes, man. Like the he goes the one where he goes to Gallifrey, the the trap one. Yeah, where he's in yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. That's four no, episodes. No, I, I understand, but if we if we think back to the girl who died, like think about the story. You have space Vikings who no, not space Vikings. You have spacemen who are eating Vikings, right? And using testosterone juice from those Vikings. Am I am I totally off base here? No, and it's, like, but you it have was all these perfectly cheesy. Things. But would you say that that is an exceptional story? Yes. I mean, not okay. So you just think of the outcome. Like we have that moment at the end where he brings her back. Yeah, and that and was a that big enough moment like this, for me. This... You're right. There, yeah, like there was just a moment that made that episode. But for me, even in this season, there hasn't been that. There hasn't been other than I would say the pilot. The first episode was very strong for me. I would put that, you know, as a strong episode. Good characters, good story. Um, I'd put that in the higher side of Doctor Who episodes, but everything else has just been forgettable. There, ha- there haven't been any characters that they've brought in that were memorable, other than the the main cast. You know, we get Nardole and Bill and the Doctor, but there haven't been any like you know guest stars that have come in and kind of blown us away or done anything memorable at all. Um, and the stories have just been kind of strange typical doctor who stories there's been some fun ones there's been good ones i mean even what we'll talk about tonight with oxygen that you know i liked the episode but they're not they're not strong episodes ah okay okay (laughs) all right so we're probably we we should be into the oxygen oxygen review and we can continue this conversation yeah let's do it in the review but let's jump into other things we will skip. I think the only thing we really had left to talk about, anyways, was, was stuff to do with extremists, which we will um, we will talk about that stuff after our review of oxygen. Sounds good. All right. So this one was written by Jamie Matheson or Matheson, um, and I wanted to kind of point out some of the other things he's written because I think it's relevant. That's one thing that we don't talk about. We say the name of the writer, but we don't really say like give any kind of basis for like what else they've written. Right. Um, so he's actually written, and I, you know, it's a pretty good list. He wrote Mummy on the Orient Express, Flatline, and The Girl Who Died, and then now Oxygen. Flatline being the one that we both agreed had one of the best doctor speeches for the 12th Doctor. Um, the Girl Who Died, which we were just referencing as one that I really enjoyed, uh, thinking it was one of the more strong, or one of the stronger episodes for uh, Capaldi. And then Mummy on the Orient Express, I remember enjoying that episode, but I don't remember a lot of detail about it. Where do you Claire, stand like, on his she was, previous she was, stuff? She was, yeah. I mean, all of those were, yeah, they're, they're good episodes. I would put them on the higher side of all rankings when it comes to those. Uh, Flatline had a good moment. Yeah, but not good yeah. enough to save the episode, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that episode's a bit rough. When you deal with the shrinking TARDIS and Clara having to be the doctor... That that's right. Like that's just around where Claire started going really fast downhill. 
<laughs> it just gave us that like iconic speech. Yeah. Yep. So it was directed by Charles Palmer, and it's story number two sixty seven. The twelfth Doctor, Bill Nardole, and Nardole investigate a strange space station, but are interrupted by Walking Dead and spacesuits. Will they make it out alive? And how much does air actually cost? <laughs> so we had talked about um, kind of how we get these cookie cutter, you know, types of story stories with the Doctor, and one of them is space station. You know, this is another space station story. And it's a doctor gets separated from the TARDIS story. Yeah, we, we have two smushed together, the claustrophobic space station and the separation from the TARDIS. The only difference is that no one's trying to get into the TARDIS and, like, gain access to it. Right. I think I feel like the space station episodes and the get separated from the TARDIS episodes actually happen together a lot. Because one thing that happens on a space station is... You know, there's airlocks or there's areas that get decompressed, and that's how they get separated. I can specifically remember an episode with um, Ten, and I believe it was Martha, where a very similar thing happened. You know, where you got, you know, he's on one side, the TARDIS is on another side. He's separated from her, I think. Even so, yeah, yeah, we, that was Chibnall's episode, right? 43? I think it was one that we had, yeah, had recently talked about, but. So, this is the the uh, space zombies episode that we've been talking about, thinking that this was going to be one that we might like based on the previews. Yeah, it didn't quite. It wasn't quite exactly space zombies. It turned out that it was space suits that were just walking around, and the dead bodies were still inside them. It, Which definitely interesting way to do zombies. Yeah, which I honest, I mean, we've talked about it before, right? Doctor Who takes these things where it's like this supernatural, this kind of creepy, and they put a different spin on it where it's now explainable. And there's there's like this, oh, I totally understand it. And to be quite honest, I I kind of liked how they did it with this one where it's like it's not a zombie. It's just a body that's stuck in a robotic spacesuit. <laughs> like, it, it was still creepy to me, but it was not zombie. Yeah, it definitely wasn't zombies in the traditional sense, but the the um, way that it worked was just like zombies, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. If it touched you, it turned it turned you into the same thing, you know. Um, so it was kind of like zombies, but cheating. Not really zombies. The dead bodies really had nothing to do with it. It was more just the spacesuit walking around with the dead body in it, which is really creepy. <laughs> because at least with zombies and traditional zombie things, the the zombies have some sort of animation to them. This was just like dead bodies flopping around. <laughs> Very wrong. Yeah, like heads flopped over to the side the entire time. And like Bill like pointed you, it out, like this is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Dis- disrespectful, which I thought was an interesting point um, because they, they get to the space station. She's all excited about space. Then they walk in and the dead body's standing up because of the suit. And she's like, this is just wrong. This is just disrespectful. Again, we have, like, Bill coming face-to-face with death and having, like, that that really strong reaction that I don't think we've ever – I don't know. It just – her reaction to death is just, like, bam, every episode, right? She's just like, oh, death is bad. This is wrong. This is disrespectful. Like, just make the body lay down. I don't know. It's just something that – I feel like they've always that we have in front of us every episode. Yeah, she doesn't Except, handle it well. 
Except for Knock Knock, where she just walks up to Pavel and touches his face as he's stuck in a wall. She handled that really well. <laughs> he wasn't dead. <laughs> That's what we, you know, she knew. Um, the the episode starts out pretty tragically. We get the two characters um, outside of the space station trying to fix something or whatever they were doing. But um, the one girl is with the guy that apparently they're a couple and she's like talking to him, but he can't hear her because yeah. their communicator things are broken. And she's like, oh, I want, you know, to have a child with you and all this stuff. She's telling, she's like pouring her heart out to him, but she knows he can't hear her. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. And then like the space zombies show up and kill both of them. No, just one. Oh yeah, that's right. Kill the just one. kill the one, the guy, the second guy. I was a little confused about that actually, because at first I thought he did die. Because they do the whole thing where they show the zombies like reaching him and he's like screaming. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was good. And then you're like, oh, he died. But then you're right. He does. He didn't die. Yeah. He's, he's still there. He somehow thrust himself into the airlock and closed the door. But yeah, so that was pretty sad. Um, <laughs> Which I have to say, and I just want to point this out because we, we knocked thin ice a couple episodes ago for just Doctor Who being terrible underwater. Doctor Who does a whole heck of a lot better in space. Well, the doctor was, uh, you know, that was his whole thing. He wanted to get back to space. Yeah. Space is awesome. Space is like camping. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You need to experience it with a wafer-thin, leaky two-person tent. Well, that would explain why we get so many episodes where he goes to space stations. Apparently, he just goes camping with his friend. um, And his way of camping is he goes to these flimsy space stations that are in trouble. Which... That that whole introduction section where he he's talking about space and Final Frontier and it's trying to kill you and he's he's like thriving on it and then Nardal's like, uh, you're you're really missing it, aren't you? I that interaction there, the opening part was felt really strong to me. Um, just the interaction between Nardal and the Doctor and the exchanges, the way that it was cut together with just showing them in different spots and the discussion taking place. And then even inside the TARDIS and then Nardal walks in and the whole, I always lie to you type of thing. It, that first section played out really strong for me. Definitely. Yeah. It's some of the strongest stuff so far in the season has been the interactions with the doctor and Nardal about the vault and the doctor's (laughs) mission. You know, he's got to stay there and Nardal's like, you know, I promised that I would keep you here. And then, you, they kind of reveal that the doctor is actually the one that made him promise that. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting um, dynamic. Now, I actually thought about it. I know you had brought up the fact that, or maybe you had posted something on our Facebook page about what could possibly be behind the vault could actually be the next doctor. And as much as I think that's a ridiculous theory and it's not true, um, I do think the, it is an interesting idea to have, you know, where even at this part where he's telling the doctor, well, you're the one that told me to keep you here. What if he's not referring to you as in you number 12, but like you as in another version of you has told me to keep you here. You know, maybe Nardo has already met the next doctor. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, they could definitely play with that if they want to go there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's room for just about anything right now um, when it comes to the vault. There's so many theories floating around out there. There's some where they're just it, where it, it it's solidified that it's Missy 
Um, others where it's solidified that it's John Sim. Others, I mean, there's so many different routes that we could take this, but I, I could see how you could take some of the things that Nardal says and view them slightly differently. And it might be one of those instances that then you go back and rewatch the episode and everything is crystal clear at that point. Yeah, I think that a lot of this dialogue we're getting between Nardal and the Doctor upon a rewatch after all this stuff is revealed we're going to realize all the little hints that they were dropping in. Yeah. And that's one of those things that would be incredible to, to, to watch, right. To go back afterwards and see if that pans out and maybe we're giving Moffat too much credit right now for story building, but um, it would be cool if that was the case. So the doctor, he, you know, he, he basically convinces Nardle or I guess Nardle doesn't really have much of a choice to you know go with him into space you know he's returning to space nardle's along for the ride as much as he hates it and all he cares about is getting the doctor back to the tardis he yeah. he keeps saying okay back to the tardis back to the tardis every time they run <laughs> into anything that's like somewhat dangerous yeah it, it's he he had no choice he was in the tardis trying to convince the doctor to stay put and then even saying he broke the tardis so the tardis couldn't go anywhere and the doctor is just kind of like, oh, who told you that would that would happen? I did, right? And then he flips the switch and they're off um, to the space station. And yeah, every every time they see something, Nardal's always like, oh, let's let's get back. Oh, now would be a good time to go back. Um, even to the point where they're finally separated from the TARDIS. Um, and Nardal's like, ah, so we're separated. And there's a vacuum in between. And he's really stating the obvious, which was another fun exchange between him and the doctor. Where the doctor's like, ah, oh, I was really hoping someone would tell me the obvious things. Um, and he's he's kind of Nardal is is his character, um, watching the the behind the scenes of Oxygen after the episode, uh, one of the individuals responsible for the episode said that Matt Lucas finds the the drama in all the comedy. Um, or no, finds the comedy in all the drama and and Capaldi finds the drama in all the comedy. Um, it's, it kind of seemed like that at times too, that Nardal was really pulling out just some really fun one-liners, facial expressions amidst all the, the com or the drama. Um, and then even Capaldi was pulling out some drama from moments that seemed like they should have been funnier. Yeah. And I think it was good to have him along. I thought it was good to have Nardal as part of this adventure. It, It was a nice dynamic. You know, we'd been missing that you know, where it was just the Doctor and Bill for the past couple episodes. So I was happy that he was there. He did add a lot of good comic relief to the episode, and some of the best lines were between him and the Doctor. Yeah, and and how does that make you feel about Bill in this episode? Or maybe Bill as a whole? I mean, Bill so far, she's still not my favorite. Um, there was a lot of potential, I thought, with that first episode with the pilot, but... As the episodes have gone on, there's things about her character that I really don't enjoy, um, and they haven't. She hasn't grown enough for me to really enjoy her as a character. She's okay, you know. She's she's not. She hasn't been a negative thing about this series of Doctor Who, but I haven't really gotten excited about her character. And this episode didn't change anything about that for me. She seems a little more helpless than we're used to. Maybe we're just so used to Clara being the opposite of helpless that bill seems very you know very helpless and she died twice in this episode so like, <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I'm I I am I'm with you. Like the first episode, she seemed very strong. And although there was like some hesitation, she actually seemed excited about jumping into different things and not really. I mean, she was face to face with a Dalek and she wasn't necessarily all that frightened. (laughs) She was more just kind of like, what's going on? And she had a big grin on her face, right? She's a girl that smiles when she doesn't know what's happening. She's not one that frowns. And yet it seems like she's taken steps backwards since then. Like every episode she becomes more hesitant and more scared. And even this episode, she started out when they're in the TARDIS seemingly pretty excited. And she had a few poking moments at the doctor, but then very quickly she went to a very like freaked out (laughs) stage. And I'm trying not to be too hard because any person in that situation probably should be freaked out, but it just seemed kind of over the top at times. And I had such huge expectations for her as the type of character who would be willing to not necessarily be the doctor, but one that wouldn't be so freaked out and hesitant all the time. Right. A little bit more capable. Yeah, because you're right. If any of us were in the situation she's in, we'd be worse. You know, right. Most people would. But they had kind of sold us on this idea that, like you were saying, she is she's the one that smiled when everyone else was frowning, when the doctor's talking about this stuff. And that's why the doctor kind of chose her, I guess you could say. And she hasn't lived up to that. You know, at first you're like, oh, wow, she is going to be a character that she gets it. You know, she gets she can go into these dangerous situations with the doctor and be what we expect from a companion. Um, Because we don't want the companion to be just like us. You know, we want them to be extraordinary enough to hang out with the doctor, like whereas none of us would be able to do that. Um, You know, we don't want somebody that's going to be afraid of everything they see or question everything the doctor does or try to give the doctor a guilt trip. You know, I feel like that's been Bill in in most of her appearances in these episodes. Is she's kind of a downer. Yeah. She's not in it for the adventure. She's <laughs> you know, she you know, like you said, she she starts out that way at the beginning of the episode. She seems very excited. But then as episodes go along, she's the first to question him. She's the first to be negative about something. Uh she gets scared. No, you know, not she's not an A list companion yet yeah and i'm there were times my second watch through this episode where i honestly had the thought in my mind why did he choose her (laughs) like right why why is he insisting on dragging her along again and i i think i'm waiting for some reveal at some point that makes this worth it like somehow the doctor and Bill's mom are going to be linked somehow. And like, it's all going to make sense. Like there's going to be something there. She's going to end up being the great granddaughter of Melody Pond or something. I don't know, but (laughs) like there has to be some reason because at this point it doesn't seem like there's any positive interactions at time or any, I don't know, mutual mutual benefit for the doctor to have her around. And maybe that sounds terrible, but it just seems like it's more, I don't know, it's more of a struggle than he's always having to lecture her. Or like um, early on in the episode, he drops a statement as far as like, 
um, you really get to see the true face of the universe when it asks for help. And he drops it again. You really get to see the true face of the universe when it asks for help. And you really get to see your own true face and how you respond. And it seems like he's always having to drop like these lecture moments on Bill to get her to do what other companions felt. It felt like other companions were just like, oh, we're here. This is what we do. Let's do it. And she's wanting to run away <laughs> from from anything bad that comes up. Right. Yeah. So and there's not a lot of of season left for her. You know, it what this was episode five, six. What are, what are we on now? Episode, episode five. Okay. I mean, if if it's I mean, true that she's done at the end of the season. That's a rough go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's already, you know, we're five episodes in. And she's still got a long way to go as far as, at least in my opinion, for me as a fan, to really accept her as like a, a companion that I really enjoyed watching. Like she doesn't have that much left for me to kind of, to sell me, to convince me. Yeah, um, and and there's one thing to say that she's a companion that you enjoyed watching. It's a whole nother thing to say that you're actually, like you wish she she wouldn't have left. And she doesn't have that many episodes left to make the case that like anybody's going to feel bad that she's no longer there. Um, yeah, I don't know. This the, the her character is her character is interesting, and I think we've kind of I've kind of felt it building, but this episode drove that nail even deeper. As far as I'm not I'm not sure of who her character is just yet. Right. So we get this situation where they're on the space station and there's these suits that are killing people. And the reason they're killing people is, you know, kind of just spoiler, you know, we're, we're talking about the episodes. But the reason they're killing people is the corporation that sent these people out there have, has now deemed that they're no longer valuable. They're actually less valuable than if the suits just did the job on their own. So the suits have been told to kill everybody. Yeah, they've they've become inefficient, and there's another ship of more people coming to replace them. Their replacements are coming, and they've been told to deactivate their organic <laughs> their their organic part. So they're they're killing their users. And we get the you know so there is a bit of a crew left. I think four people. Yep, forty minus thirty six, four survivors. So four people are left. The doctor feels compelled to save these four people and kind of figure out. And this is, you know, how I was talking before about the doctor just says what he has to say uh, to Bill. And but the cynic in me is thinking he doesn't really care about the people. I kind of feel the same <laughs> way about this one. The doctor was more interested in solving the mystery than he he didn't actually care about these four people. <laughs> I, I I in this episode, last time I pushed back, but in this episode, I think I, I think I agree with you. <laughs> like no one bat any eyelash as two of these remaining four went down. Like no one was even like, oh no! Like the doctor just kept moving. <laughs> yeah, he and even I love the he makes a really funny comment. Um, you know, so we're you know kind of jumping around here, but we have the the moments where or the moment where Bill's suit malfunctions and she's not gonna be able to go into the vacuum of space. And you find out that the doctor actually saved her by giving her, I think he gave her his helmet, something like that. Yeah. So he yeah. was exposed to the vacuum of space and he because of it he was blinded. 
um, you know, apparently temporarily, but he was blinded in the episode. And he has this great line where he says something like, you know, I'm, I don't have my TARDIS, I don't have my Sonic, I'm blind. Like, I'm going to be completely unbearable when I, <laughs> when know, I get out of this when one. I get out of this one. You know, like that. Like, he yes. he cares about the the accomplishment of solving these mysteries and kind of being this memorable, you know, like, hero. Like, he loves that stuff. Yeah. I mean, just to drive that point home, very early on the episode, he finds the distress signal and he says, hey, that's my theme song. Um, <laughs> and then later on in the episode, after he has been blinded, after he's already made the statement, just imagine how unbearable I'm going to be. He makes the statement of, I'm the doctor. I'm going to save whoever I, I want to. And you're going to be left the rest of your life wondering who I was like that that's just who he is he's going to save people because he wants to and then those people are going to wonder who he is for the rest of their lives right he wants to be that hero right and he even when he first shows up and they're all kind of like who are you and he just takes over the room like the doctor does and they're questioning his authority like who who do you think you are and he's just like i'm the person that's going to save all of you like does anyone else like, does anyone not want that? You know, raise yeah. your hand. You know, like, and they're like, okay, give him what he needs. Um, right. Which I, I mean, he's so cocky and so arrogant. But I, I mean, this version of the Doctor, I completely love that about him. Yeah, I mean, Capaldi. There, there were so many moments in this episode where he, he is by no way Matt Smith's Doctor. He's not David Tennant. He's not Eccleston. He is his own Doctor. And Capaldi plays it so darn well. Um, the comic bits, he delivers it deadpan, and it's still brilliant. He he has these one-liners and these like mini monologues, um, and they're always delivered so well. He is he's incredible. I Capaldi is an asset to Doctor Who. Yeah, completely agree. Um, he will go down as one of my favorites. And one of my favorite doctors. There actually hasn't been a doctor in the modern series that I haven't enjoyed, but his take on the doctor is so unique that I he's right up there with the rest of them for me. You know, if if not, you know, in some moments I feel like he even may be my favorite of the new of the modern doctors. Um he and he's probably had some of the worst storylines and worst writing to deal with <laughs> that some of the other people <laughs> didn't have. Uh so and he's he has shown as an individual character through that, so yeah, I think he's been he's been amazing. I, I that I am sad that he's leaving the show. I'm excited for the future, but I am sad um, that he is leaving the show because he's he's been such a fun character to follow. Yeah, he's carried he's carried Doctor Who the past couple seasons series. So we get Bill, you know, we get the the time where she has to go out into the vacuum of space, well, then the doctor saves her. So, you, But they give us that moment where you kind of wonder what happens, and you're like, oh, is she okay? Does she die? And then they give us another moment where the doctor basically has to leave her behind. Um, he's got to leave her, her. Her suit malfunctions again, and she gets stuck there, and the doctor has some epiphany, but he doesn't tell anybody, and then he leaves her to die. Um, I was actually talking to somebody today that watched the episode and thought that she actually was going to die. Were you ever in that camp where you thought, oh, wow, they're going to kill off the companion a lot earlier than I expected? 
Yes. Really? And as terrible as it sounds, because I said something similar, knock, knock, and people are going to really start wondering about me. I was excited. <laughs> I I wanted something just like this devastating to happen. Um, And I was in the way. So number one, when she has to go out in the vacuum of space, the way that entire moment played out, I absolutely loved that. The way that they moved into slow-mo, the way that they had the throbbing of the heartbeat, the way that they had everybody's faces, like the 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 fade to red like though that moment in my mind played out perfectly i i loved it but i knew she wasn't going to die there but when they left her in the hallway and the way that the doctor left her where it was just like do you trust me i thought dang he he really left her to die and i thought that and he is, didn't even tell her a joke no he didn't even tell her a joke and i thought that is terrible but for some reason, it fits the doctor's character so well. Like Capaldi's doctor just to be like, I can't fix this, but I'm not going to just tell her she's going to die. I'm going to give her like a sliver of hope, tell her I'm going to see her again and then walk away. Um, Like to me, that just fit who this doctor is, where he knows when he can't win um, or he knows that in order to win, he has to make sacrifices. Um yeah, I, I I did think like that second moment that she was going to be dead. And in fact, I had to rewatch the ending a couple times to be like, OK, why isn't she dead? <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually didn't catch it until the second watching and exactly that it, it did make sense to me why she didn't die. And the first time it didn't make sense to me. But then watching it again, turn the subtitles on, make sure I caught everything everybody was saying. <laughs> and um, it did make sense to me. But. No, I never thought she. I never thought they would go there. So even when she was "quote unquote" dead, I knew that they were going to save her. They they just five episodes in, new companion, a lot of fanfare around who they cast for this role. I didn't think that they would take her away that early. Um, if it was closer to the end of the season, then maybe I, they could have tricked me on that one. But I never for a moment thought that she was actually dead. To, to me, it was the only way in my mind that based on the feelings I was having as far as not knowing who she is as a character, that I could justify in my mind how we could be five episodes in and not know who her character was. And the only way I could I could figure it out in my mind is because we we're going to kill her real quick. <laughs> and I mean, the explanation was her battery pack was too low, so there wasn't enough power in there to actually kill her. Um. <laughs> Administer a lethal dose. Yeah. It only Doctor just burnt the side of her face off and almost killed her. <laughs> oh, she has a wicked burn. I yeah, yeah. I tried to look. And, I mean, it really still doesn't make sense, but I mean, I guess it just knocked her out. But she did. She still looked pretty dead. Yeah, yeah, she looked pretty dead. <laughs> other than her eyes didn't look as dead as everybody else's. I guess. Um, but we we still have the stuff to talk about for extremists next episode um so i don't want to take too much more time on this one i think we've covered a lot of the big points but i do want to talk about the big thing that happened um obviously with the doctor's eyesight and then you know the conversation around the vault uh toward the end of the episode but we do have basically what happens the doctor loses eyesight when he helps uh her in the vacuum of space but with the thought that hey you know this is nothing it's just temporary i can fix it as soon as we get back to the tardis which me as a viewer completely was on board with that. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool dynamic. The doctor's blind temporarily. It adds a new challenge 
for him to solve this problem. But, you know, no big deal. He's going to get his eyesight back because he's a Time Lord. He can just use his regenerative power that he is, you know, has used in the past to heal himself or heal other people. So, no big deal. Were you as surprised as I was with the big reveal at the end of the episode? <laughs> After I got done laughing, yes. Yes, laughing. I was. Yes, because as as awesome as Capaldi was, that ending, it, that ending, the very last couple of words that he says, they just came out so cheesy. I can't look at you. I will never look at you again because I'm still blind. I'll never see you again. <laughs> These eyes will never see again. Or yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, very dramatic. I, I will admit, yeah, as as good of an actor as Capaldi was, he or as he is, he cannot save those lines. No, and and it was it was really cheesily done at the end. But I I was surprised. And and again, we went back and forth uh, a couple people on on Facebook about it. Like he's a time lord. We've seen him fix broken wrists and grow back a hand and give his regenerative power to Davros, which maybe that plays into it. Maybe he's maybe maybe Davros took all of his regenerative regenerative power, but I don't know, it is one of those things where it's like I mean, I thought the time eyes. lords like in the the episode where Smith regenerates, they kind of gave or they kind of hinted at the fact that the time lords gave him like unlimited regenerative abilities now like he no longer is limited by the number you know he used to be limited to 13 or whatever it was and now he's just like yeah i have unlimited regenerative power now so a little bit of hey let me fix my eyes (laughs) seems it seems kind of like a given but i mean i get the the storytelling element for this is probably too tempting for them to not you know, it'd be an easy fix to just say, yeah, he can fix it with his uh, regeneration. But it's more interesting if he can't fix it. So they're going to run with that. Who knows how long if they just next episode. We know based on the previews that it's going to carry into the next episode. Does it carry into his entire run? I don't know. Can they do that? Is there going to be a lot of like, you know, another, you know, 12 or whatever, how, seven episodes left of him as the bo- blind doctor? And and if that did happen, outside of our question about the whole regeneration stuff, which maybe when Missy shows up, he's going to explain to Missy why he can't. I don't know. But if apart from that that whole idea of not being able to restore his eyes, if he was the blind doctor for the next seven episodes, would that be cool with you? I mean, if we had an explanation for why he couldn't fix it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it if they, as long as they use it as a, a a good storytelling device. If it's just him walking around bumping into stuff, like <laughs> I mean, it's, it might get a little old, um, but it definitely adds a new challenge for him. You know, the doctor kind of is so confident and can figure everything out all the time. So maybe this weakens him, makes him more interesting. Um, I I don't know. We'll see. It depends on how they use it. It makes sense yeah. now that he's got the sunglasses. I and honestly, second question: Are those the Sonic sunglasses? Of course, they're the same sunglasses. Why would he have more than one pair? Honestly, because I have like ten. Did he break so. them? I don't know. Did, what was the status of the Sonic sunglasses? I, I, I know. I thought they broke at some point. Maybe. I, I just. I think it's. It's actually kind of cool because we had these Sonic sunglasses that 
you know, some people thought it was cool. Other people were like, that's an abomination. You know, he needs to have a real Sonic. Um, and then now he has a purpose for wearing them. So Yeah, because his Sonic broke. Well, that's true. His Sonic did break, so maybe he's using them as Sonic sunglasses again. Hopefully, I, I, I'm hoping it's just his way of covering up his blindness, but... <laughs> I, I, it, it, it's Moffat, right? Moffat was like, fans, you don't like his sun, Sonic sun, sunglasses? Screw you. He's going to have to wear them now. <laughs> right. It's, it, it's all part of Moffat's plan. Uh, I don't know, but... Nardo had, you know, Nardo was upset that he went into space because he put himself in danger, and he's so important. The Doctor is so important in protecting this vault that if the Doctor had gone into space and died or been injured, you know, this is actually, um, you know, harming whatever that they have to keep behind this vault. Now, it's allowing that thing to be able to maybe defeat the Doctor because of the Doctor's injuries. So, um. Yeah, they're they're definitely hinting at that whatever is behind this vault is very dangerous, and the Doctor is very important in stopping this thing. Yeah, and it, it is interesting just because what uh, Nardal says, he kind of gives the impression that whatever is in the vault can essentially come out. <laughs> like, if it just realizes that the Doctor is not okay, it can just come out of the vault. Um, well, the Doctor just his... can walk into the vault Right. You know, with like, you know, Mexican food or whatever. And the thing didn't, like, the doctor just opened the door. You would think if it was somebody that was trying to get out bad enough that they would just, you know, bust it out at that point. So, right. It's very it's, interesting to see. It is. I mean, it's, it's got to be, I'm thinking it's got to be either the master or Missy or both, or maybe it's, the master before he rege- has regenerated into Missy and maybe he regenerates into Missy. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play it, but um, I guess the way Nardo was talking about it is like this person or thing will sense your weakness. And that pr- is perfectly a perfect description of the master. You yeah. Know, the, the master's so in tune with the doctor that he'll know if the doctor is weak and take advantage of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out with um, the next couple episodes. Yeah, we won't have to wait long, right? Yeah, Veritas, or not Veritas, Extremis, which Veritas is part of that, um, is coming up next. And we did get some, we did get some promo pics. We got a trailer. I'm assuming you've seen these things. I have. What are your thoughts? You know, just based on the little that we've seen. Um, of what this episode could be. Yeah, um, I am still interested in this episode. There's some creepy-looking villain things with weird hands and creepy faces, and it involves a secret book, and so we have the master. Villain things, or is it just one thing? I think there's more than one thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's an image here where there's... So this is very reminiscent of the hand that you see of that thing that was chasing the doctor around in the Gallifreyan trap. It is the hand is very very similar. Yep. And we only ever saw that thing cloaked, right? Ye- now that you're saying it, yes. We've only ever seen it cloaked. You know, if they just used the same glove because they're trying to be cheap or if, <laughs> if there's like a connection of maybe these 
you know, these things are the basis of whatever. Um, so I, I did notice that the hand, uh, you know, they have a scene in the trailer where the hand is actually coming through the wall. Yeah. So I guess it can kind of distort reality or, or pass through, you know, solid objects. But, um, yeah, very interesting. These, these like, I don't know how to even describe them. They're almost like mummy-like yeah. uh, alien things, but they're robed, as you would think, like uh, a very religious character might be robed, so... The doctor has on his sunglasses still, but I'm fairly certain that we saw, maybe it's in the trailer, him without his sunglasses on at times as well. And is that a picture of him behind the president's desk? Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, yeah, it does look like he's the president again. <laughs> we did. Oh. We did have a moment where he was the president of the universe, right? So yes, and is that gonna is John Sim the president? <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, I never caught these in the promo pics. Yeah, so there. I guess it, it is. He's gonna be in uh, the Oval Office at some point. And Nardal is back, which is great. Still no official, you know. Hey, John Sim is in this episode. Yeah, no, yeah. still no official. Oh, dude, I just spotted his Sonic. He has a Sonic back. Good. <laughs> the, in one of the pictures where he has things, he's like plugged in the book to his forehead. He has a Sonic sitting next to him. Yeah, there's definitely scenes where he's got his sunglasses on. We know he's still going to be blind because in the trailer, Nardole is talking about the fact that he's still blind. He's hiding it from his enemies, but he's also hiding it from Bill. Um, but then there are scenes in these uh, promo pics where he does have his sunglasses off. He's looking at a character and pointing at them with his sunglasses off. So, you know, maybe he does regain his eyesight and it's just kind of a one episode thing. But we'll see. We we have that weird regeneration that shows up in the trailer. Still oh, that's trying to true figure too. Out where that comes in. That's true too. That would be a perfect, you know, a perfect place to have that where he does, you know, maybe regenerate his eyes and you get that regeneration kind of mist or whatever around his face and kind of threw us off in the trailer but all it is and is him regenerating around his, his arms shooting out of his arms was it yeah it, it looked like a full-blown regeneration to me all right well maybe he'll do one of the maybe he'll pull a tenant and regenerate back into himself because <laughs> he likes his face so much maybe you never know could happen which would exp- uh, which would explain why he says that he uh, has already filmed his death. That would verify a few other rumors. Maybe he's just talking about his first death. Well, I don't know. This one looks good. Uh, as far as oxygen goes, where like it, where did you think that? Not that I necessarily want you to rank it, but is was it kind of a positive episode for you compared to yeah. the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm putting it on the high side. Um, I. I enjoyed it the first watch through. There were definitely moments where I laughed probably where I shouldn't have again at the ending. And then Bill kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Watching it a second time though, there's so many high spots for the doctor, for Nardal, for just the overall character of the doctor. So much witticism thrown in there. I, I, I did enjoy the episode. Um, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it deserves some of the knocks that it's receiving out there. Yeah. The part where the 
the blue guy was like, oh, great, we rescued a racist <laughs> to Bill. I thought that was pretty oh, clever man. and funny. Um, and then the line where Nardole was like, some of my best friends are bluish. You know, like... That's... There's... Oh, that, that's another thing that I, I could go on asking questions about in regards to who the heck is Nardole? Like, who and what is he? But... True, Maybe that's yeah, a discussion he, for another time. Yeah, he had dropped some some lines where it does it does sound like he's more than what we originally thought, where he's just some random guy that you know they had to use his his head to you know whatever with that big robot body and all that stuff. But yeah, you know he's he had like an AI girlfriend named Velma. He changed his face when he was on the run. He said yeah, at one he, point. He, he, he changed his face when he's on the run. We know that he has been rebuilt at some point. Um, and then he mentioned this episode that, are you sure this isn't a robbery? This is exactly how I would do it. And then the whole odd, not, not saying that I do this type of thing. Um, I don't know. I'm really curious who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's more, more there. And, you know, we know that, uh, we know that Capaldi's leaving. We know Bill's done after this season, but they haven't really said anything about him. So, you know, he could even be a carryover. You know, he could, he could be the doctor. He no, please no. <laughs> um, <laughs> he changed his face when he was on the run. Come on. No, 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 no. I kind of hope they don't make too big a deal out of Nardo. I like him how he is. I like the fact that he's just kind of this comic relief. I like the role he's playing. Not everybody needs to be like have this really detailed important backstory. Yeah. I I agree. It's just they're dropping so many different one-liners for him that I have a hard time just being like, "Oh, he's just a character." If they, if he wouldn't be dropping these weird things and if they wouldn't have opened the entire series with him dropping a screw and kicking it behind him, they they have to give us a little bit more explanation. Well, for me this episode um I'd say it's about the same for me as the knock knock was. It was enjoyable, um, you know, a pretty solid story overall. I liked the the interactions between the characters. Once again, we got like very forgettable guest stars. They're still I, I'm still waiting for that episode where they bring in a guest star that actually matters. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's kind of it, it wasn't it didn't knock it out of the park, but it's kind of like um, you know along the lines of knock knock but not as good as the pilot. So I'd say it's in my top three for this, for the season so far. Okay. Hey, I'll, I'll take top three. We're five episodes in. And if you have a top three, that means that we're above 50%. That's true. Yeah. Three out of five. Ain't so bad. Nope. All right. Well, I think we're good to wrap this episode up. Sounds um, good. As usual, you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you listen to our podcast and haven't left us a review yet, we would love for you to do that. Head on over to iTunes, leave us a nice five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast. You can argue with us about if the Ninth Doctor would give Rose a Coke or spill the Coke on the floor. Um, Facebook, you can find us, Bad Wolf Radio. We also still have our Facebook group, which we're adding a couple more people to here and there. So if you're interested in jumping into some more detailed conversation about Doctor Who and you want to talk to me and Adam and some of the other listeners, jump on over to our Facebook group and uh, request for us to add you. And you can find us on Instagram at Bad Wolf Radio. 
Adam has still been doing. You did some kind of emoji thing this past episode. I couldn't yeah. tell if that was just like really creative or you're starting to get lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to spoil it. That's one thing that I'm really starting to understand that not everybody watches it as soon as it comes out. So I'm trying to be careful. Yeah, it's that fine line of uh, trying wanting to live tweet something or or do something on Instagram live, but not everybody wants to know, you know, because not everybody watches it live. Although you yeah. do it a little bit behind, anyways, you're like a I'm day a, I'm after. A, I'm a day behind, but as you watch the story, you can see like people get to a certain image, and then all of a sudden they just stop. They stop. Yeah. yeah so it's like, oh, maybe I shared too much there, <laughs> or um, they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You can always send us an email, badwolfpodcast at gmail.com, and you can find our episodes at the Pod Tyrant Network over at Geek Tyrant or on our website, www.badwolfpodcast.com. And until next time, later days! <laughs>